She packed my bags last night pre-flight Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high As a kite by then The earth so much. I miss my wife. No, you don't. You're gay. <laughs> it's lonely. It's out. lonely Fuck. out in space. <laughs> On such a timeless flight. I don't know. <laughs> it's all about the feeling, man. Here we go. And I think it's gotta be. A long, long time to touch down brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Burning out his pizza there alone. Hello, army of cons. Welcome to the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. My name is Emily. My name is Andrea. And that was in the and John, I think we nailed it. Uh, that's just, you know, nailed is a subjective word. I mean, the timing could have been better. You did a great job. I loved it. I felt whew, freed by that song. What a good fucking song. <laughs> and speaking of Brits, we have a UK transplant in the studio. I am so excited. And an author. Finally, we're fucking done with these comedians. I know. We're like respectable now. I know. We have like a real human being. Well, I'm holding a book in my hand. I'm sorry. Am I Conan? Yes. <laughs> Am I Jimmy fucking Kimmel? I feel like you are. I feel like you are. You read shit. We researched. We're very we excited to have We have things highlighted. Her. Yeah, no, it's a big day. It's a big fucking day. Welcome to the show, Toba Lee. Hello. Thank you for coming. Wow, what an intro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come here again. This yes, so please. nice. I'm, I'm telling you, nobody ever wants to participate in a karaoke <laughs> song, and you just gained so many points with me. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. It's it's a good song. I like it. It's Although I feel like I'm going to let people down because I don't sound British. I only live in England. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, so it's been like, ugh, what's who's wrong this with fake her? fake British Yeah, bitch? who's this fake British person? <laughs> exactly. Well, where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Israel. Okay. Oh, nice. And that says nothing about my accent either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. So your parents are... Is, um, dad's Israeli, mom's Irish, uh, so bilingual, but I learned... American English from TV. Oh. So that is the truth. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, quite common. I, yeah. You were raised by the TV. Literally. Yeah, yes. I was too. Yeah. No babysitters back in the 80s. It no, just sit here, Ross watch and TV. Rachel. Those are my babysitters. <laughs> so you're like a melting pot of a human being. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. So the accent is is what it is. And sometimes I go a bit British, but apparently I'm sounding more American now that I've been here a few days. So Welcome to America. Thank you. I went to Canada though first. Oh, so, really? Yes, Where did you go in Canada? I went to Toronto for ah. the first few days which was nice because it was kind of like a soft landing yes you know? yeah it's Britain I mean it's Britain light you can still yeah. get tea <laughs> and yeah. yeah it yeah. is it's like England with an American accent yes so. yeah a lot very polite <laughs> and yeah. like and uh, well you said when you when you go to your mom's house she'll make you a cup of tea yeah immediately always yeah I like that tradition yeah it's, yes. it's a I just want people to bring me things when I come through the door <laughs> fuck yeah that's like the common theme <laughs> I in like my... the culture of politeness for sure yeah I like mm. the culture Culture of being catered to. Mm-hmm. I know you do. <laughs> I mean, we in England, like people apologize about everything. Yes. So it's kind of like getting uh, away from that habit here in New York because I'm apologizing. People are looking at me like, why are you saying oh, sorry? Yeah. Like, oh, and, yeah. And like also, why are you even looking at me? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. so giving you true. the middle finger. And like yeah. in England, you apologize if you bump into a door to yeah. the door. <laughs> I apologize yeah, like, <laughs> to inanimate objects in my apartment all the time. Yeah. 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 It's a big culture shock movie, especially New York specifically. It's yeah. Very very fast-paced, rude place, uh, but I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, it's a great city. Um, and it, since you are new to us and new to New York, we would love to play a game of Guess the Mess. Uh, okay. Guess the Mess is our rebranded Two Truths and a Lie. Yes, it's our very, very clear. Because copy. if you take a classic game and you change the name to something else, it's yours. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's how branding works, right? I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so should we start with Tova or should we start with us? I think. 
that I will start. Oh, okay. All right. Here okay. we go. Emily so, Lubin. again, two truths and a lie. You mm-hmm. guys have to guess which is the lie. Well, Not Tova you, does, Andrea, because yeah. you already know. Mm-hmm. I know everything about All right. you. So, uh, one, I got busted in kindergarten because I ate some other kid's project. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ate it. Okay. Was it edible? Oh, I mean, are we be. asking cl- clarifying questions? I am. Yeah, I'm trying. To, <laughs> I'm trying to help. <laughs> are we yeah. Clarifying. And how many questions do yeah. we get, Andrea? It, it was partially edible. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, two, I was a virgin till I was twenty. Three, I paint art pieces with my period blood. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say one is the lie. Wrong. Really? Wrong. One is absolutely correct. Yeah. When I was in kindergarten, we had to make these poster boards using um, like little candies yeah. as representation for something. I don't really remember <laughs> what, but I picked all the candy off of this girl's yeah. <laughs> poster and ate it. Never mind there was glue attached to it, but like. You're an industrious bitch. I, know- I love how she didn't blink an eye to the period blood thing. Yeah. She's like, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> I know. I was, yeah. I was like, that's true. Okay, that one I didn't have any doubt about. Yeah. I think it's because so I what looked was you lie? in the eye yeah. when I said it. <laughs> Wait, so what was the lie? Uh, the lie was I do not paint art pieces with my period. Oh, blood. I but like, that was true. I know. <laughs> the thing is, though, I'm close. Okay. Yeah. Because every month I'm like, there is so much blood. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I've talked about this like too much, but I just You can't. can never talk about it enough. I, I'm bleeding out of your pussy for a week. I should be talking about it concretely. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's also crazy that like people say that female comedians constantly talk about their periods. Mm. I never hear any... Oh my Ooh. god, that's me. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I people say that female comedians constantly talk about their periods. Like I've heard that as a yeah. as a trope. Yeah. I, I never hear women mm. I never hear female comics talk about yeah. their periods. I feel like we should be shouting it. I mean, from I the do. I, I talk about it, but I have a whole bit about like drinking cum. You know what I mean? Like I'm out here on these streets yeah, really but representing What, because you say drink my period blood? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I feel like I would be hearing it. So much more. If than you were it, bleeding out of your dick hole for a month straight, you would be talking about it all the straight, time. You'd be talking about it all the time. Yeah, it's ugh, double standard. Also, I I was doing that bit about drinking. I have a bit about forcing men to drink my period blood. It's very approachable. <laughs> Definitely uh, Comedy Central ready. And I was <laughs> late night ready. Yeah, people love it. Um, and I was doing crowd work with it at with a cute guy. And I gave him my number, and he asked me out on a date. I'm like, Do you know what that means? Did he wants to drink my menstrual yes, blood? He does. This is the man of my dreams. <laughs> I would, when you go out with him, just bring like a little diva cup, yeah, with some tin foil over it, and just see if he'll take a shot. Yeah, and be like, you guys aren't going to be drinking. Prove that you're a feminist. Uh, yeah, that's how you do it. He also guessed my weight. I, I ask, sometimes I ask men in the audience because I talk about my weight. They love that. Yeah. They're fucking <laughs> terrified. I love it. They all guess like 120 and I'm like, shut the fuck. I am almost six feet. They're- I think it's because they just don't, they don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if they were to hear like, well, what did he guess? 175. 175. Which so, is accurate. I, I, but that's even a modest guess, I think. Like for somebody who is five foot 11. Yeah. 175 is very lean. Thank you very much. You're I'm welcome. Very lean, yes. But I'm saying like they're – I don't think it's that they're nervous. I think they just have no concept because guys don't really like think about their weight no. in the same way that women do. No, and as even if they constantly. did, And even if they do, they'd never admit it. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. The double standards works both ways. Yes, it yeah. does actually. Yeah, yeah we have – never admit it. We have like a body pause male friend, Billy Presida, <laughs> who uh, he posts like – selfies of himself like you know he's not lean they're right. so embarrassing he's, they are but I'm like I have to be out supporting you because men do have yeah. this specific yeah. let me clarify they're not embarrassing because I'm saying he has a shitty body no that's not what I'm saying it's his whole they're personality. embarrassing yeah. because of his personality uh. and because he'll hashtag it with like hot guy I love it and is he being serious <laughs> yes oh it's yeah. not like irony it's not um, like you know it's one of those <laughs> things sure. that like the jury's out yeah. yeah the jury's out it's one of those things I kind of like, like that though he's you know, being kind of cheeky yeah. yeah yeah I like that and you know what people suck his dick yeah all lot. the time a lot of people. a lot of people <laughs> I did people I mean <laughs> 
so and yeah, Andrew did. He fucked her through pajama pants. Oh my god! Uh, g- l- g- like through our, the hole. Uh, g- join our Patreon to hear more about me and Billy having sex. But um, we must move forward. <laughs> I feel like you're you're getting a real crash course in who we are right now. No, I love on it. Air. It's good. It's it's refreshing. I Thank like you. It. I'm, I'm glad you think so. I mean. We'll we'll get to your book, but you write pretty openly, so I feel like it's it's a we're a good match in that way. Um, okay, so my two truths and a lie. Okay, so the first one is that I have a hood piercing, which is the downstairs region. I'm looking directly at it's your like assistant while I while right, I while okay. I say that. Is that what um, it's called? Yeah. Hood, yeah. Well, hood it, piercing. Hood, yeah. It's like a certain part of the. It's, right? It's the hood. Yeah. It's okay. the hood of the car. Wow. I, I don't know that you can pierce the actual clit no, right. itself. I think no, you would, that would, you would just bleed out like, and die. Yeah. 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 I don't oh think he God. would have use of your clit right now. No, yeah. no. Okay. Um, or second, I have a nipple piercing. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Third, I was a synchronized swimmer. <laughs> oh my god so there's like a pretty strange oh range going mm. on here i would go with the lie is the swimmer the truth is a swimmer is it? yes yes, Andrea. So bad yes. Andrea. Yeah. we fucking nailed we this. fucking nailed it virtual wow. five. Oh, actual five yes that is, i <laughs> thought are. i'd be so good at this wait so what's the lie the lie is the hood piercing oh, right. i do have a nipple piercing okay. um which I got at the end of a, a Coke bender. You're good at this because, you know, you feel you think like the stuff that's obvious a lie is not going to be the yeah, lie. Exactly. You know? right. we're you, you were liars. you were helping me out. I yeah. fell for it. Yeah, you, you know? have to do like a double yeah. negative when you play this yes. game. Yeah. Okay. So you have to double down on the easy it. lie. We already right. stole your wallet when you came in here today. We're criminals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, um, before we turn the mics on, when I said, oh, maybe we should do Candle in the Wind, the reason why I said that was because when Andrea was a synchronized swimmer, she did a synchronized swim routine to Candle in the Wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Is that on YouTube somewhere? Please tell me. I wish. Oh, oh. Emily would be dying. <laughs> that needs to go yeah. on YouTube right now. I got disqualified because I was so bad. <laughs> I was so better. Was humiliating. My mom, I mean, uh, God bless her. She was one of these parents that like enrolled me in all these activities, which I liked. I I enjoyed them. Well, that's all. how you discover what you're drawn to, exactly. And like, also <laughs> which or, is in your case, or nothing. what you should never yeah. do yeah, again. Yes. <laughs> or she was like, "Get out of the house. I hate your dad." <laughs> um, but but they even like they sewed on a candle to the bathing suit. <sighs> It was cute. That's as, cool. Yeah, oh, it was cool. But, you were like little Lumieres in yes, the water. Yes, we were. But none of us were in sync. And I was <laughs> so bad that I used to have to come in extra on weekends and they would practice with me individually. Oh, was it an indoor pool or outdoor pool? Uh, indoor pool. Mm. But I would go and the coach would, uh, to all my synchronized swimmer heads out there, you know this, they hit a spoon on the uh, on like the ladder because you can hear it underwater. It's like oh, military oh, wow. style. So because like, like echolocation. Yeah, I'm like a bat. In You're there, a dolphin. Fucking Elton John bat. And so <laughs> I'm underwater. They're hitting the spoon, and the coach is like, "You're off beat." And I'm like, "This is a nightmare." I'm seven. I hate this. Oh, that's I imagine a lot of pressure actually. That, yeah, yeah, yes. that is a lot of pressure. I imagine you have to be a pretty decent swimmer because mm. your timing yes. needs to be good to like get above water and then back mm. in yeah and you're doing you're kind of doing dives and flips and yes, stuff yeah and actually at seven your you're not that good of a swimmer i Absolutely know because i've been like my kids that are now eight and six yeah. they've been going to swimming classes since literally three months old yeah and they still are very bad swimmers. Yeah, <laughs> so really? for you to do that that's incredible mm-hmm. it's scary mommy's little angel <laughs> mommy's little good mom <laughs> Do you enroll your? I mean, do you have, do you have two children? I two have three, children. three, three girls, children, yeah. three girls. Oh, God bless twins, three girls, two of which are twins. Yeah, are I twins. I actually was going to ask you about that. Did you were you planning on having two? Like, did you want two and then you ended up with twins? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the plan to have two, uh, but we had fertility treatments. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, there was a good chance of having twins. I didn't really think about it at the time, you know, yeah. as an option. But yeah. Looking back, it was a very possibility, yeah. and uh, yeah, and we had. Three girls. Okay. Were you having trouble conceiving yeah, for a while? Yeah, we tried for a while. I was also uh, 35 at okay. the time. Oh, and that's a 
and like I was 35. No, but they call that a geriatric pregnancy, right? Well, now they've moved it to 37. You know, every few years they move it up a few years. But at that time, first it was 30 and then it moved to 35. And they're like, oh, God, you really need to hurry up and all that. So we we tried naturally for a year. And then when it didn't happen naturally, we went and got fertility treatment. But we were lucky. It happened really quick for us. That's great. Um, yeah, and that can be so expensive, the yeah. IVF. Or- yeah, but we didn't actually have to do IVF. We did IUI, which I'm not going to bore you, but it's not as invasive as oh, okay. IVF and it's not as expensive. So. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. I was I was talking to my boyfriend about this, not in any like weird context. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, to I'm not trying to conceive. <laughs> you have no money, Emily. I can't pay for your No, kid. I was like, I, I can't even afford a dog. So yeah. don't worry about it. But I, we were just talking about it because because my my sister was her second pregnancy technically was a geriatric pregnancy 30, 36 yeah um but i was telling him like you probably don't consider as a man that women they have that biological clock so it's like it's not just societal pressure that makes them want to get married. You know how, like, there's yeah. this reputation of, like, oh, I need to be married by the time I'm 30 or whatever it oh, is. Oh, the horrible patriarchal mm. society yes. that we live under. Yeah, I'm familiar So, like, with it that. is societal pressure, of course, but I think there is also that biological pressure yeah. that, like, if you want to have a family, like, you're kind of on a timeline. Well, you could adopt, but I, I, but I understand, like... Yeah, but nobody wants to, to, you know, enter the grab bag of I, I would. I would. Obviously, um, I'm joking. Yeah. If I couldn't. Are you? If, you're not joking. You don't think I would adopt? Would you adopt? It's very hard to adopt. Yeah. I would need to be in a very good situation. It's weird. Like, yeah. anybody can have a child, but not anybody can adopt. Sure. So, you could snatch a kid, too. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I was thinking about stealing my nephew because we're bonded already. Yeah. Taking him to Mexico, convincing him that I'm his mother. Yeah. And then um, never returning. Well, Amy Schumer had a uh, child. Um, how old was she? 30- I think she's in her late 30s. Yeah. But she had a di- very difficult pregnancy, yeah. and I think it was due to the to the age. But I also, I mean, you could speak more to this, but I, I don't think, I, I'm I, again, I'm not interested in having children, but it, that's something I can say now at this stage in my life. I don't know how I'm going to feel in several years. I really don't think anyone can predict that. No. Um, but, but. I don't know that I would feel responsible enough until I was in my like at least mid thirties to to have a child. Is that how you felt? Were you just like, I want to feel like in a good place or at the no, right time with I my husband? I think it actually had nothing to do with age for me, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> it's not that I waited that long because I wanted to do X, Y, or Z before. Uh-huh. It was just I I wasn't with the right partner uh-huh. before, so I was married previously and oh. got married when I was twenty eight. Uh, and then that didn't last long. So I got divorced when I was 30, but, um, we were together for like 10 years. It was really long term relationship. But when he started talking to me about potentially starting a family, Uh I, it was the first time that I, you know, suddenly looked at him and thought, actually, I don't know if this is the right relationship I want to be in to have a family and to start having children. And I know that sounds maybe a bit horrible, but not at all. It it just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a good relationship, but, but you know, like sometimes you find yourself in unhealthy relationships and you stay, but the moment kids were on the table, I sort of thought, "Mm, I don't know. Well, because once you have kids, then you're bound to that person forever. I mean, you could get divorced. You are, yes, but you're you're bound for life. I mean, that's why I was watching... I was watching a docu-series about the Lacey Peterson murder. and Oh, jeez. And the, the husband killed the wife when she was pregnant because he wanted to leave the wife and, like, run away with this other woman. And if she had the baby, then yeah. they would be stuck together forever. Yeah, it's interesting. You're re- you, So I'm, I'm, I'm out of a breakup. I'm, I'm moving this away from kid murder. Um, <laughs> I'm out of a breakup. And I, I never had interest in, in being married um, but definitely living with someone. Right. But I remember at certain points in our relationship, I would look at him and go, okay, if I was going to get engaged to someone, you would be the type of person. And not not across the board, like we broke up obviously, so it wasn't the right fit for a long-term partnership, but he was the first man who treated me with the mm. level of respect and that I like looked at him and was like, oh, you're a good man. I feel right. this in my core that like you will do the right thing it should you it, it's this type of love that's like if i'm in the hospital you're going to be there night and day like you're going to 
make the right choices for me, you get along with my friends. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a good relationship. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I hadn't had relationships like that before. Yeah. It seems yeah. silly to say, but it really is like, and, and like, you know, now that I'm out dating again and I'm like talking to dudes, it's not that I, uh, I do miss him, you know, like I definitely miss him, but I, I miss him in the sense of like, now there's new people and new sets of problems and there's these men I don't mm. know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that you're a good guy. Yeah. You're a stranger to me. And since you already had that experience with a, a person who was deserving of your time, there's so much more screening you have to do. Yes. To let a new person in. Oh, you raise the bar, Dustin. Yeah, you do. You, rest, you raise the bar. That's so true. Yeah. You know, I, I mean... I have friends who are going through breakups at the moment, yeah. and some of them are going through breakups with kids, you know, after years yeah. of it. It's a very hard. So and, tough. And yeah. even ending my marriage, which didn't have children involved, uh-huh. but was a 10-year relationship, was so difficult. Of course. You know? I think that breakups, no matter what, and even when you know the relationship is wrong for yeah. you, and it doesn't yes. even matter what the reason is, sure. is going to be hard, you yeah. know? But... The good news is that you do raise the bar. And when you move on to another relationship, you've taken that experience with you. And those same mistakes, hopefully, you will not repeat. Yeah. You know? So once you heal, I do believe that you go and do, uh, to like, something better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a long time because I still loved him when when it ended. I I was devastated. It was really, really hard. Um, What ended it, if I may ask? Um... I don't like saying too much because I don't sure. want to reveal stuff about him. Yeah. So I I wrote about it in the book mm-hmm. and to the extent that I feel like I sure. still mm-hmm. uh, protected his privacy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The yeah. bottom line was it just really wasn't wrong. It was just it, – sorry. It was really wrong. It yeah. just didn't work for us. Um, and when I met Mike, this uh-huh. is funny because – he was so not my type, uh-huh. you know, like he was not like any of the other guys I was ever with. I was always like, uh, you know, oh, the artistic guy. Sure. The broken guy. Oh, yeah. sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, ding, that, ding, ding. Yeah, that I wanted to fix and I yeah. wanted to save and all that. We're conditioned to do that. Yeah, I don't know, like to mother or whatever. Yeah. And Mike was like a man. Yeah. It was like the first man I had ever met. Yeah. He was a grown-up. Established, self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. He was living by himself. He knew how to do the laundry. He was he's a great guy, like an all-round great guy. And initially I was like, mm, no. Do you <laughs> think it's not complicated? Yeah, I think I was just like, Well, what's complicated about you? Like, what, what am I supposed right. to do? Yeah. What's my role? Where here? do I fit in? Like, yeah, yeah where's what what's my role? What's my role? You know, and um it's it's just so refreshing yeah. to actually be. It was so it was new to me, you yeah. know. Uh, ended up being great, you know, new and good. So wow, Mazel Tov! <laughs> yeah. Thank well, you. I, I do, I do want to talk about that more because you talk a, a lot about in in your book, um, which I'm really enjoying. You talk a lot about like the nuances of being married for a certain right. amount of time and like the complicated feelings about that, which I found so interesting. Um, but I also want to hear your two truths and a lie. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, oh God, I forgot what they were now. Okay. So, I went to law school. In my previous career. And one day as I was in law school, I really needed to wee. Mm-hmm. Oh, wee. I love wee. I love that. Uh-huh. Pee or pee, sorry. No, no. Oh, no And worries. I couldn't be asked to go to the bathroom that was all the way across campus, so I peed on the lawn. <laughs> okay. okay. Second truth Classic. is... Classic. Second truth is I'm quite a lazy person, mm-hmm. and I like taking long showers, but I'm too lazy to stand as I shower, so I sit. Oh, I respect. I do this, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you sit on? The floor? Yeah. Yeah, just okay. sit on the floor. Yeah. Let the rain fall yeah, down just, on me. You know. And then the last one is that once... This is embarrassing. When we were having uh, sex, mm-hmm. um, I felt a little flick on my backside Mm -hmm. and thought it was Mike, but Mm -hmm. it was quite gentle. And then I realized it was my (gasps) three-year-old. I always wonder about this because I walked into my parents having sex. I feel like it's inevitable. Yes, doggy style. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It'll never leave my mind. Well, so they didn't see you then. Oh, they saw me. They saw you. Wait, how old were you? How old? Um, I want to say I have very bad gauge of age, but I, I around synchronized swimming time, like eight or eight or nine. <laughs> I love that slicker. Yeah, yeah, you were synchronized swimming, and they were synchronized <laughs> yeah, swimming. Yeah, they were, and it was there was a thunderstorm. I didn't go into my parents' room oh, ever. Really, yeah, you were scared. I was scared, oh. and then I was, and you were really, really scared. scared. <laughs> 
sense. Why are you doing that to mommy? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to guess. Wow. Oh my God, they're so good. They're so specific. Yeah, they are specific. You're good. You're a super sleuth. Um, Wait, what was the second one? I'm sorry. The first one was peeing on the lawn. Sitting down in the shower. Sitting down in the shower. I say that's false. I say the peeing in the lawn is false. Those are two truths. <gasps> wow. You know what? I'm happy that your three-year-old didn't yeah. see you having sex. Because then she'd be a comedian in the yeah. future. So, yeah. They did hear us one time and oh, shout from sure. downstairs, what's happening to mommy? You know. Why yeah. is mommy screaming? Yeah. I guess it's Why like really unavoidable. My parents were divorced too so when I was a baby. So I didn't really have that. Yeah. But um, I guess like. When are you supposed to fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know, like you can't wait every time until they're out of the house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You gotta get You it gotta in. get business done. It's gonna happen. Peeing on the lawn. I mean, I have a ticket for public urination and disorderly <laughs> conduct, so. Oh, I pee, I've peed outside countless times. Yeah, yeah. But like, we're also degenerates and you look like a very put together lady. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. So, but respect. Yeah. Wow, put together lady. Yeah, yeah That's do. like, I've never been referred to as a put together really? lady. Yeah. How have you been referred that's to? That's good. No. Oh, I like it. I'll take it. Yeah. Do you think people perceive you as being like not put together? No, I, I think I'm okay. Usually. Okay. Uh, well, a little bit of no, not really. Hey, Andrea. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, rocking and rolling. You look a little dehydrated. Thank you so much. I know that like that sounds like code for you look like shit. But, I do look like um, shit. I it am one hundred percent is. <laughs> I I was thinking, you know what you could use? What? There's a product called Hydrant. Oh, I've heard of this. They actually sponsor our show. I don't know if you know No that. shit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's these little flavored electrolyte packets that are dissolvable in water, and you can drink them in the morning, and it seriously hydrates you for like the rest of the day. It's so insane. Yeah, I was saying that when I went to Burning Man, I was doing these like electrolyte packets. I got dehydrated like chronically these things help so much they're so there's just like a little tiny pack they're so effective and especially if you're working out you're running around you're like have a full day you forget to drink water yeah I forget to drink water all the time and if you think that you're not dehydrated you're, you're wrong. full of shit you're actually full of shit because 75 percent of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated it's fucked up not acutely dehydrated chronically dehydrated chronically dehydrated also um this is just from my personal experience Mm. if you wake up after drinking with a hangover or feeling especially dehydrated these help so 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 much yeah i would highly recommend them and for 25 percent off your first order of hydrant go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code hot mess at checkout that's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code hot mess for 25% off your first order. 25% off. Try them. I mean, listen, support our sponsors. They yes. support us. And also, you want to be hydrated. What? You want to be in shitty health? Yeah. You want to feel like shit for the entire the day? The coronavirus is taking us out, people. Take the steps that you need to take to stay healthy and be your best self. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code hot mess. The thing is, I mean, your your book is very honest and upfront about like motherhood, being an adult, like being honest about how you feel about where you are in your life, which is um, very nice because we were talking a little bit earlier on, off mic about your generation and I was talking mm. about my mother's generation, which is both of our mothers are in their 60s mm-hmm. and – I mean, I often wonder, like, what my mom even thinks about me because I'm such a public, like, animal. Yeah. I I give her a lot of credit because she just is like, I love you. Live your life however you want. And I don't think it – up until maybe very recently, I don't think women were really allowed to be raunchy or or if you were a woman who was honest about your desires or your shortcomings or your feelings, you were this, like – horrible, disgusting outsider member of society. Like even you were talking about having like an open marriage used to be like, you're a creepy swinger. Yeah. Um, but everyone is having these desires, this whole yeah. like feminine. I still think secrets. it's not mainstream yet at all. No, I yeah. think like we were saying, I think it is, there's still a generation gap. I yeah. really find it amazing that so many women in their twenties now are embracing their sexuality in such an open and, yeah. you know, and just like upfront way. Yes. Uh, I don't think that's mainstream yet. Definitely not in my age group and mm-hmm. definitely not in the sort of white suburban type sure. of, you know, right. white picket fence kind of world and even in me like 
people associate me very much with the mommy blogging world, yeah, yeah. which I don't see myself as part uh-huh. of, but that's kind of my, my box. Sure, sure. Uh, and I don't fit in that box yeah. because right. I don't, I don't think that represents who I am as a yeah. person. And, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, it's not the brands that work with me either. Sure. Like I've had brands that, you know, are that who yeah. won't work with me. Really? And really, I'm thinking, really? Yeah. I'm not, what am I saying? It's not even like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. I no. find it so ridiculous, you know? And the th- and you're saying things that honestly, everybody thinks yeah, about yeah. at like, some time or another. Mm. And what reson- uh, what resonated with me a lot was this feeling that you talked about, about being guilty that you sometimes weren't thrilled about having kids. Mm. Because I could imagine, I don't have any kids, but I could imagine like when you have kids, you love them more than you could possibly love anything. So having that feeling like, oh, sometimes I just wish they would fuck off. Like that would be hard to say to people because like you maybe would feel like a bad mother or so how did you, like, did you find that writing about it helped you cope with it? So first of all, I really don't know any mother on the planet who hasn't had that. Yeah. Of course. Of course. It's, it, she doesn't exist. I'm shocked um, my mom didn't drown me in the tub. The, she doesn't exist. The thing <laughs> is, you know, for some, maybe it's harder than for others and they maybe have those feelings more often. Yeah. Uh, some may say it more loudly, but honestly, I also imagine if you have a lot of help, you might yes, feel that it really does. It, it really does. It really does help a lot when you have a support system around yeah. you, whether it's financial support, you can hire people, whether you have family, your friends, your mom, what, whoever, who can help you. But actually, for me, what it was, because um, I felt that way for a long time, and it's a real struggle. A lot of women struggle with that yeah. because you are told that motherhood is the best <gasps> thing in the world. Mother. And yes. it is in many ways. Yeah. It is amazing. The love that I feel for my children is like no other. And I know that's a cliche, but it is the truth. I believe and I, it. Came on and your I, body. you know, yeah. yeah, when I had my daughter, I asked myself, where were you for 35 years? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, I can't understand how I didn't know you yeah. for 35 years. You know, my life does. It's like there's two parts of it up yeah. till that moment. 100%. But at the same time, it is the hardest, toughest job on the planet. You reach lows that you never knew you could reach. You reach rage that you never knew oh, you had yeah. in you, you know? I honestly, so people don't say that enough, but I just want to give people some uh, like hope or like some to understand yes. like where this is going is that bobbling it up wasn't good for me. Being able to say it and realizing that I wasn't alone was brilliant. And also actually allowing myself to step back and take the time and not, you know, not have to do all the things and all the time and actually allow yourself to go, hang on a minute, I'm here as well. I'm a mom, that's true, but it's not everything that I am. It's, you know, I I have other things, whether it's your work or your passion, your hobby, friends, time alone, whatever it is, you know, you have to have that. And it took me a while to get there because there's a lot of guilt um, in saying, Hmm. actually, I'm important, you know? Of course. You know? Well, there's this kind of like expectation that, and I I think about this, you know, my mom's existence was to serve her children and also my father. Like my father was building a business and she was there all the time, cooking, cleaning, having the house perfect. And, and her identity kind of faded into the mist after a while, because it's like my purpose in life is a support system for everybody around me, but it's not that doesn't set a healthy – I think that sets a quite an unhealthy precedent for right. your children mm-hmm. and for you – know, especially if you have daughters. Like, as a woman, your sole purpose is not the servitude of other people. Just because you're a nurturer, being a nurturer is a wonderful thing and should be celebrated. It should not be expected as yeah. that's all you are. Mm-hmm. You're a fucking person. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's expected. I mean, I can also – Imagine that that would be hard if your husband is the main um, breadwinner, breadwinner yeah. of the family. Yeah, to f- maybe you feel like you owe it to them, owe it to him, and owe it to your to your kids yeah, to compli- make that your whole life. It's a complicated dynamic, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. she had a career. I feel like though people, in my opinion, use that a lot 
almost like as an excuse or a justification. Yeah. I don't believe in that at all. Yeah. I don't. Because uh, it, whether like your job, let's say you're in a high-powered job that's 12 hours a day and whatever, you still get weekends off. Moms don't. Yeah. Yeah, you're you right. Know? You're yeah. right. And they still feel like they need to know, what about nights? You know, your job is basically 24-7. Like, yeah. right. If you calculate the amount of money you would earn if you were like paid 24-7, oh like you would be bringing home way more money than any high-powered job. That's number one. And number two, the main issue actually is legal because the problem is with maternity and paternity leaves. They're not still equal. The issue is that women do take the time off to go. And I know for a lot of women that is their choice, but is it really a choice yeah. when there isn't any other alternative? Yeah, right. They're Do expected. I mean? to. There needs to be an alternative, you know. Yeah. So in the in the UK, for example, they're trying to really adjust the law to kind of like uh, you know oh, I can't even speak now to in make English. paternity yeah really to make it more or... equal in a sense that actually as a couple both of you take time work so it's not just the woman saying well your career is gonna have to stop and you never progress in that world and we're always like trying to catch up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But how, what other choice do we have? You know, and that's not fair. It's just not fair. Yeah. Um, there, there's a movement here too regarding yeah. that, but I don't know, I don't know if they've made any yeah. actual progress. Right. I know that when my sister had children, her husband had maybe a week off, two, yeah. two weeks maybe. Same. And I don't know if it was all paid. So like it, it really is We've it's put sexist. this system in place yeah, it's and sexist. it's totally sexist. Yeah. We're just expected to because the mother creates the milk. You need to feed the baby. But, you know, like bonding with your father is also very mm. important yeah. for an infant. It's, yeah. it's, I would say, almost equally important. I think so. Especially if you have a, I, I don't know. I, I think also young boys need positive role yeah. models you know I, girls too i, mean, I agree I don't, I don't know. yeah i mean well <laughs> here we are um you yeah. actually you you also talked about in the book having a complicated relationship with your father yeah um i think i i don't want to misquote you but i think you might have said daddy issues mm -hmm. like and how but you loved him when you were a child so how how what's your relationship like with him now as I an adult? still love my dad a lot but he I say this in the book mm -hmm. he really is a cause of a lot of confusion in my life mm -hmm. he really is yeah. you know I grew up in a family in Israel that was very I can't say that word pat Pa uh, patriarchal? Yeah, I can't yes. say the word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I like, got you, girl. Yeah, thanks. So mm -hmm. men were very much, you know, the heads of the family, yeah. and the women really didn't have much say in many or any kind of big decision making. They were home, you know, they were like yeah. the homemakers. Which again, there's no nothing bad with that, but I don't think my mom was happy in that position, and I saw that kind of dynamic between them. Now yeah. I'm the eldest. And I remember from a very early age just having this thought at the back of my head that it really didn't matter how great I was, how smart I was, how many achievements I would have. I would never be good enough because I was a girl. Yeah. I just had that knowledge. He never said that to me. It wasn't something that he had ever said to me. It was just what I saw around me yeah. and how they behaved and how life was. And it's weird. The confusion is that my dad was actually the one who encouraged me to go study. And he encouraged me to go study law. And he told me, don't be educated so you know, so your husband won't, you know, like be able to pull the wool So he's like, weird, you know, this kind yeah, of like, yeah. he's telling me, but he's warning me about men, which yeah. also made me, you know, that's fearful. Fearful. So I went into law school. I became an officer in the army. I was a very high achiever and I achieved a lot of things. Still with the back of my head, this is never going to be good enough. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then eventually reached the age of 30 and said, I'm not going to do this. Like I quit and I left. Because you didn't enjoy it? It, it just wasn't for me. I lived, I was living out his dream for yeah. me. And I think that at 30, I gave up trying to please him and trying great, to be though. like the perfect girl who's never going to be a boy. Yeah. And I, I feel bad, like, cause my dad probably to, I, you know, he's not here to, to say his bit, but I'm sure that he loves me to bits and is super proud of me, but I, it was never how I wanted it to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. And, I, and I, I'm a parent now, so yeah. I'm very aware of that. And I know that being a parent is the most complicated job on the planet. Yes. He did his best. My mom did his, her best. Like, you you know, I had yeah. my 20s where I went to therapy and I was annoyed about them and I moaned and bitched yeah. about sure. them. And I did all that. I'm in my 40s now. I'm a parent. 
I get it, yeah. you know, but it carved me. It shaped me. It, it's the re it's the background. The reason I put it in the book, because I felt like it was important yeah. to explain what brought me to this place where I'm so passionate about women's rights. And I'm so passionate about championing like women, um, to just be who they want to be in every shape or form. Cause I don't feel like I had that. Yeah. I felt like I yeah. was encouraged to go down very certain routes yeah. rather than just, you know, like you said, the synchronized yeah. way rather than, <laughs> yeah. you know, be a comedian, do what you're passionate about, you know, yeah. which for me was a creative life, you know, uh, the acting. and I think um, also I've thought about a lot of my, me and my father are fairly estranged. We email back and forth. Tumultuous relationship. It's a tumultuous right. relationship and he's a difficult man. Um, but... I will say I've had a lot of thought, especially after Me Too, and mm. the last few years have been very um, complicated for women. I think we've sort of come online in a way about a lot of things that we've accepted as okay, and we've been like, oh my God, what, yeah. have, what have we been living in? This is crazy. Right. Um, which is a good thing, but it also, it has forced me... And also, I, you know, what we've talked at nauseam on this podcast about my relationship with my father and, and a, 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 a large number of things. But um, I often wonder, because I always wanted to please him. He was a very powerful, successful man. And mm -hmm. I always wanted to be, he's also a narcissist. And so I wanted to just be good enough so that he wouldn't be on my ass all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this golden child thing mm -hmm. where I'm just like, trying to dance to get him to like me all the time. Yeah. And, and actually similar because your household was very like high achieving. Yeah. And, and I think for fathers, it's probably a very common way to like make their kids feel important is like yeah. you need to be high achieving. Sure. Get good grades. Be your best. The thing I love, for example, about uh, something, I'm very happy that my girls have Mike. Mm -hmm. As a dad, yeah. because I'm thinking, God, they're getting such a great role model yes. for a guy and also for a dad. But what I love about what he does with the girls, and they have like their own thing. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the impatient per parent. Uh -huh. Like, oh, whatever. I know. Uh -huh. I mean, he really does kind of like engage in what yeah. they're doing. And like, it, you know, our eldest suddenly, suddenly got into comics. Yeah. You know, like oh, out of the blue. Comic books? Yeah, yeah, comic books. And he just like went with it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. but you say it, yeah, and you're right, it's obvious, but like when you don't have that as a kid. Yeah. That wasn't expected of fathers. Fathers were Yeah. Absent. Fathers have been It's amazing to go recently. and like go online and actually buy like these, you know, vintage ones and like get into it with yeah. her. Yeah. That's just so amazing. That's well, a gift, you know? He's he's engaging with her at her level mm -hmm. and like actually caring about he's not trying to like when you talk about my dad, it, it's not so much to make the child feel important. Obviously, it is to bolster her self-esteem, but it also was you are a reflection of me. Right. right. Yes. So you must be successful because you are my child. Mm. Right. I, uh, my father doesn't know me really on any personal level. Like he, he knows me obviously in my essence. He created me. Um, but like... He doesn't know my interests. He doesn't know my quirks in the way that my mom does because we're not intimate. We've never been mm -hmm. intimate. And I don't think intimacy was really expected from fathers. Um, definitely not my father's generation. For sure not the one above. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus right. Christ. But I I think um, I wonder often now because so much of who I am is either conforming to him or rebelling against him. It's like two things. It's like... I'm this alpha type A person and I want to achieve all the time because that's what was expected of me. I'm also this rebellious, loud, very masculine alpha person, kind of in an effort to be male, in a, in in a sense. In a rebellion. But you yes. probably got that from him. Yes. And because of him. I know. And I'm like, would I be that way? If yeah. You know, it's kind of like you're the negative space around another. You're not developing as yeah. your own person your native space around a, a big Ooh, presence poetic mm. yeah i mean <laughs> i'm i i feel exactly the same it's odd yeah. yeah i mean honestly two lines that you said i he doesn't know me yeah yeah and actually i took a lot of him in me yeah the assertiveness the competitive yeah the ruthless when you need to be that's not from my mom yeah you know like that's my dad 
He's a businessman. He's very driven, you know, like I, I took those qualities from him and for sure. But I feel like when I was little, I took the qualities because I wanted to be more like, yeah. of course, yeah. yes. you know, do yeah. you have brothers? I have one brother and he's younger w- than me. And I was like competitive with him without him being competitive back. <laughs> like yeah, I was just really? competing in my head, yeah. you know? And yeah. he's like, I don't care, man. Like, yeah. I'm the only and boy. I'm living the life. And I'm super close to him, by the way. Like, we're very close mm-hmm. now and we're great friends and I love him and everything. But it, as a child, I was secretly jealous. Did you, you know? notice him being treated differently than you? No, but it, he was a boy. Yeah. And that was enough. It was just, and he just wasn't. That. He wasn't. You know, my parents did not favor him. If anything, my I was daddy's little girl. So yeah. I got all the gifts and I got all the cuddles mm, and all the attention. Yeah, but being, like, I guess being daddy's little girl, girl is kind of like a, it's a way trap. of controlling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I had a nameplate necklace that said daddy's little girl No, you didn't. Oh, I fully did. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my God, do you still have it? No. I would be... T- <laughs> no. That would. and the candle outfit. Uh-huh. I feel yes. like... Oh my God, we need to put them behind glass <laughs> such a, and charge people. Such a cartoon <laughs> child. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. I noticed that you've been shitting in a box. Thank you so much (laughs) for noticing that. It's a very critical new development in my life. Is that pretty litter that you've been filling with uh, in your box? Yes, of course. I'm checking my health. I have shitty health care. Someone's got to see if my bladder's okay. You know, if it works for Andrea, it'll work for your cat, too. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Yes. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. We sent some Pretty Litter to our favorite people, the cat ladies on Box Street. Yes. And they just texted me the other day that it is um, the only litter that stays as dry as it does, which apparently is a good thing. I've never had cats as an adult. You don't want it to get in the big, like, wet chunks. That's when it starts to smell. Oh, wet chunks. Wet Sexy. Chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my bedroom so name. It doesn't do that. And it also doesn't smell, which is honestly what more could you ask for, especially yeah. if you live in close quarters, if you live in an apartment. And it ships right to your door. Hello, you're already going to buy it. Just make your life that much easier. You don't have to schlep to the pet store. You don't have to schlep to the supermarket just to get like an eight pound bag of litter. Yeah. Amazing. But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It's a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. I'm sorry, are we scientists now? Apology accepted and we're not. <laughs> do we do we have a medical degree now? I think I do. I can tell if my cat has a problem before even taking it to the vet. That yes. is so amazing. Uh, what a better way to keep your cat healthy and to make sure that he's not suffering longer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's so smart. It's it costs the about the same price as regular like market litter and it has this extra thing and it's being delivered to your door. Like there's so many benefits to this product. I don't know why you wouldn't fucking buy. Unless you're an idiot. Yeah, are you an idiot? Is that what you're doing out here? Being oh, no? an idiot. Oh no. Wait, on you're the not an idiot? So buy this fucking product for your cats. Buy it! To make the switch to Pretty Litter today, visit prettylitter.com and use promo code HMCH for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code HMCH for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code HMCH. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the the stuff that you were writing about your marriage because it's something that I'm very curious about. I haven't gotten to this point in the book, but I told you that the word that struck me on the cover was monogamy. It says life beyond suburbia, monogamy, and stretch marks. Stretch oh, I just marks, realized I, we never said the title of the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The book is called Fucked at 40. Yes. And the tagline is life beyond suburbia, monogamy, and stretch marks. Yes. Uh, on the stretch mark front, I feel you, girl. But yeah. on, on <laughs> the monogamy front, it's something that I wonder about a lot because, um, I mean, I listen to Dan Savage. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Dan Savage? Not really. He, he's a podcaster, but he's also a journalist. Right. And he answers uh, sex and relationship advice questions. Cool. He's so smart and very um, open-minded and a huge proponent of like 
of open relationships and polyamory mm. and people trying different things and and what everything boils down to is like better communication. Mm. Like if you yeah, want amazing. to, if you find yourself um, thinking that your sex life with your long-term partner is stale, like you should talk about opening it up possibly or you should talk about like what else you can do to reignite that relationship and that's the hardest thing for people to do a lot mm. of the time. Yeah. It's so funny like, people will call in with advice questions and the answer always boils down to talk to your partner. You know why it is, I think, and I think men specifically have a great deal of trouble with this, is that they don't want to upset you mm -hmm. and they don't want to not get the answer that they want. So it's yeah. one of two, uh, at least this is my experience, and obviously I want to speak more in depth with mm -hmm. you about this, but my experience when men have been dishonest with me in the past right. or relationships have gone awry... The first thing is that they don't like the idea of conflict or seeing a woman cry being the reason why a woman is hurt. There's this, again, sexist notion that like women are these dainty, you know, beings that mm -hmm. can't handle, they can't handle the it. truth of your desires, mm -hmm. which couldn't be further. Yeah, I understand your desires very clearly, but also like that guy that I was open with, uh, Garrett, at the end of our relationship, he started a completely other relationship and didn't tell me about it. Mm. And the reason why he did that was because he wanted to have the stability of our relationship and he knew that having an additional one, I mean, beyond it being like wildly disrespectful, there's a possibility that I'll say, no, I can't, that's... I, yeah, don't want, so I can't he, do that for you. So he went the route of like better to ask for forgiveness than yeah. permission. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Which is just not a good way to go yeah. because then people feel blindsided. Yeah, but yeah. it's they're so used to getting everything that they want and every other it's an it's a it's an aftermath of privilege because they're used to having everything that they want in every capacity and why wouldn't everyone bend to my desires or my needs? That's what er, how everything else works, so why yeah. wouldn't it work this way? So I think men are kind of like Learning really big lessons right now. Totally. Yeah. But uh, so how did you come to the realization that maybe monogamy wasn't for you? Or wh when did you talk to your husband about that? How did that go? So first of all, I think that I don't know what lessons men are coming to at this uh, now. Yeah. I don't know because I'm not They're a man. Trying. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But what I'm hoping all of us are coming to understand is like that. And this is one of the main themes in the book is women's sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um and how it actually does not rely on anybody else. Because yeah. as, a, as a woman, for years, I, I thought my sexuality was ex only existing for yes. the benefit of other people. Yes. <laughs> Mainly agree. the man's sex. And by the way, like I'm not, this is not me being bitchy about it. It's just no, a reality. that's it's, how we've been conditioned. Yeah, yeah, that's how we've been conditioned. So that notion of it actually not having to do with them at all, mm -hmm. you know, was, wow, it was mind-blowing. And again, I think that women today, younger, 20-year-olds are like, they're already in that. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I totally relate with the honesty thing. That That is key, number one, you know. Uh, and what it was, it wasn't – people get so, I think, gross about it because when you say honesty, they think, so what, do you tell him what you do? It's That's not the level of honesty. The mm -hmm. level of honesty was about saying, hey, I'm questioning this. Mm -hmm. Can we question this together? Yeah. That's the level of honesty yeah. you want in a relationship because mm -hmm. I was questioning a lot, of thing in my, a lot of things in my life, one of them being monogamy. Because I sort of ask myself, well, is this something that I really chose yeah. for myself? Or maybe it's just something that, again, was dictated because that's what everybody does. And that's yeah, the and society what was the and other norm. Option? Exactly. What yeah. was the other option? I don't know. Like, you know, my parents were got married. They were miserable together for 25 years, uh -huh. you know, yeah. waited till we grew up before they got a divorce. My grandparents were married for 40s. Like, what was the other option? Yeah. Nobody told me there were other options. And a lot um, of the times there's infidelity that you don't yes, know about. Yeah, exactly. Always. You know, exactly. So I think when I talk about honesty, it was about being able to come to Mike and say, hey, I'm questioning this. Can we have a chat about it and question it together? Like, is this right for us? This is why maybe I'd like to explore it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reasons, my reasons were very, like there were loads of reasons. It was also, it was, um, there were like, oh, there were so many reasons, you know, one of them being 
and real honest belief that I actually don't know if there is one person for every, like yeah. just one yeah. person out there for everybody. And actually I thought, mm, I don't know if that's true. Also, I don't necessarily think one person can provide all your needs as somebody. It's a lot of pressure to put on somebody yeah. to say to someone, hey, you are going to be my perfect uh, lover and you're going to be the perfect father and you're going to be the right. perfect provider and you're going to be the perfect one who at 4 a.m. is talking to me about philosophy and you're going to be the one who comes to see rom-coms with me yeah. like it's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on anyone and I think by the way a lot of marriages suffer because of that pressure yeah because you go away disappointed and you are 100% going to be disappointed if you accept if you expect your partner yeah. to provide all your needs there's no one no person can do that they're always going to let you down so that was one thing on top of that there was sex and there was sexuality this is something nobody talks about I hit my 40s women are in their sexual peak in the 40s there's I a know. lot of reasons for this I keep getting hornier yeah. when is it hormonal end? changes yeah. for me I had been pumping hormones down my throat for 20 years with the pill yeah. with, yeah. I, with the fertility treatment after you have a baby your body's like uh, pumped up with estrogen yeah. you know and for once after 20 years I was like hormone free and suddenly testosterone kicks in and that shit makes you horny as fuck yes, it really does. it does it does and it, you know people like make the cliche oh the cougars they want 20 year olds it's true yeah. it is true yeah. uh, and it's not you're talk- like you know that's stereotype but it's cougars. true it's but true. it's true yeah. and and people don't talk about it yeah. enough they don't yeah. and on the other hand you know that's what i said at the beginning uh the double standard is is uh, goes two ways of course so men are trapped in a role as well yeah their role is to be the studs the guys that you just poke and they get a boner and they want right. to have sex yeah. but that's not true either mm-hmm, not no. everybody's like that and they have changes in their life as well you know men over 50 their sex drive declines there's there's so many it's the factors human there. body yeah. but they can't talk about it either they yeah. can't because just like you can't say that you want sex all day long because people will slut shame you they can't say that they don't maybe want sex all day long because people will say well what's wrong with you yeah what are you mm-hmm. it's what almost kind like of you're a less of a man you? yes yeah. yeah so all of that was going on and i opened it up like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about our sex drives. Were you nervous talk right about- before you started? Yeah, I was. But I also know who Mike is, you yeah. know? And I knew that even if he turned around and said, do you know what? Great, I heard you up. But actually, it's not for me. He would still be able to hear it out. Yeah. yeah. So we would be able to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And maybe it wouldn't go anywhere. But we would be able to have the conversation. I know a lot of friends, women in my life, who would love to to just have that conversation yeah, with know. their husbands yeah. and haven't even been able to do that. So yeah. to begin with, I was very lucky because I knew I could. Mm-hmm. And then I was even more lucky because he was open to yeah. it. He realized from day one, it had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had nothing to do with him. And that's another concept that I feel like people need to break. People think that if you have it all yeah. and I had it all. Uh-huh. I have it all. I have yeah. a great family, touch wood, lovely uh-huh. kids, we're healthy, we got a house, yeah. and the two dogs and the minivan and oh, all that. The dream. Yeah. So you are not allowed to want more. Yeah. I don't believe that. No, I didn't. Why? Know. Yeah. Who said that? Who who made that rule up? Yeah, you there's, know? there's Who made it up? And people will say, Well, you're you're uh, how do you say, um, you know, you're um, like, greedy. Yeah. Well, okay you. then. Like, okay, well, so I'm greedy. Then I yeah. am. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's kind you of know? like when people say that like an assertive woman is bitchy and I'm yeah. like, if you think I'm bitchy, then I'm a bitch. And if you think that, that's fine. Yeah. Call me a bitch all you want. Yeah. This bitch is going to be rolling in money yeah. and I'm not going to care well, the- <laughs> about what you think about me. Yeah. And, well, there's I'm this other tired. aspect to it also of everything that you're describing that you had in your life that obviously you appreciate the house, the kids, the family, the dogs. These are all things that you share with other people. You Mm. share them with your family. So I think it's perfectly natural to want to have something for yourself that you can share with the world Mm. or um, the opportunity to explore your sexuality like for yourself and not be expected to be beholden to your family. That's so important what you just said. And actually, by the way, it doesn't have to be uh, a lover. (laughs) Right. It can be such small things. For me, it started with something so mundane, so basic, like a walk. Yeah. In the morning. In the woods. In the woods. Exactly. Just that, like that nature, 30 minute, you're smelling the earth. It's just you and your music. And it's just you. We don't have that. We're Mm -hmm. so connected the whole time. You know, we're always like 
in what we're doing yeah. next and all that. It's so important. And that became a, a one-hour walk. And I started doing my bath times with my little friends. And, you know, well, yeah. my friend, I mean like a vibrator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah well, we got friend. it. We're okay, yeah. what you're putting and like, We weren't thinking and, um, Oompa Loompas. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and girl trips, you yeah. know, and stuff like that, which I honestly think a lot of moms, we just don't allow that to ourselves because – you know, we're told that you're not supposed to do these yeah, things, yeah. but they were, it's what makes you sane. You know, it, what's going to keep you sane is having those moments for yourself because otherwise you will lose your shit. And I was losing my shit for so long. And I hear from women on a daily basis who are losing their shit for yeah. that reason. Um, and listen, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's easy. Like, you, you know, there's a leap of faith, you yeah, know, and sure. you, you have to have people around you who can help you. Um, and we didn't have family because my family are all back in Israel. Mm -hmm. So I had higher help, which I'm not ashamed to say, which again is a big taboo. Shouldn't like, be. ooh, you got a yeah. higher help. That's, you know, yeah. I don't need to peel potatoes uh, for my kids to eat. Well, like I, there are certain things I want to do, like yeah. bedtime story. Sure. And by the way, you make your own choices. Like you decide what's important to you and what's not, you know. But there were certain things that I thought, okay, do you know what? Somebody else could do this part. Yes. Right. You know? So that you can focus on the things so that can, are more important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So um, I'm, again, I'm dating again and I've been talking <laughs> to some people who are poly. Like I've, right. I've been in, in, in many manners of relationship. Actually, I don't think I've ever been in like maybe I've been in one or two strictly monogamous relationships mm -hmm. even though my last relationship was open but not, neither of us were like really taking advantage mm -hmm. of it but I get this like initial rush from the meeting a new person yes exciting yeah. like yeah. ooh, I'm talking to someone there's like it's this fun flirty chemistry it's so exciting it is yeah. exciting and then at the same time like I said I miss the stability and and like the true like like friend not friend love but like partner love that I had and it must I I think that if you open things up you can have both you know mm -hmm. what I mean you can have this partnership and this honesty with your partner, like, oh, I'm going on a date with this person and it's exciting and it's fun. Those are two very different needs. And like you said, they can be served by different people. Mm -hmm. There, There is, I think the only caveat is that you have to be honest and respectful mm. to the, the people that you're dealing yeah. with. But, um, Paul, did, did you, would you mind sharing like a little bit of, of that part of it? Like, did you establish really strict guidelines when you have this discussion of like how you were going to go about this and whether you were going to talk about other partners and things no, like that? we didn't. And actually, you know, uh, it's funny. There's a lot of books out there about open relationships. Yeah. And there's a lot of videos as well that are great. I think I watched one yeah. <laughs> about yeah. polyamorous. And I it was interesting because they were interviewing different couples and they were saying like how important it was, rules, rules. But I don't feel like we're the spokespeople of like open relationships yeah. or – you know, players. We didn't go to a seminar. Sure. Like we, didn't, right. we didn't read the books. Yeah. You know, we we're just doing what works for us, you know, and uh, we didn't we didn't have like certain roles, you know, like we had very basic ones and they're not important. Like yeah. in my mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, they're not important. You know, I think like if people are very interested in having an open relationship, then there's so much information out totally. there. And you should think about these things that are important, yeah. you know, from whether safe sex, yeah. that's important. You're bringing other, you know, people in if it's going to be a sexual relationship with other people, because it could be not sexual, by yeah. the way. Right. You know, it could just be going on dates or yeah. flirting with yeah, somebody getting else. Attention. There's a lot of different like types of like like open relationships. And I really relate to what you said. It's a because it's funny how I needed I needed a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why, but it was very important for me to have that freedom. And it's a bit like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. When you tell a kid you can't have anything, they want everything. Mm -hmm. Of course. And yeah. when you tell a kid you can have whatever you want, do you know how picky they become? Mm. It takes them five hours to pick one piece of candy mm. because you have told them that they can have whatever they want mm -hmm. and they really take their time. They yeah. want to make a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel. By the way, this is true about anything, about diets, about anything. Yeah, yeah well, you know? the, um, I, I've talked about this before, but I recovered from an eating disorder right. and had to um, adopt intuitive eating. Yeah. And that's the whole concept totally. of intuitive eating. It's like once you completely take all the food rules away, 
It's like All I don't need to eat a whole sleeve totally. of cookies because I can have them anytime I want. And yeah. it's like very liberating. So mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. So for me, it was like about really going, uh, what is it that I really need? Like what need is it? You know, and, uh, you know, at the beginning it was sex, but then it changed. It wasn't about sex anymore, you know, so potentially the part, it wasn't about that anymore. But that changes. And I think it's good, you mm-hmm. know, that you just keep it dynamic and it's open and totally. you ask that question and, you know, and and that's it. Um, so I think people should make up their own rules. I agree. My point, totally. You know? Yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> Just like any relationship, yeah. it's, everything is very specific to the people it's involved. It's a choose your own adventure yeah. of yeah, sorts. Um, we do need to wrap up the show, but is there anything that you want to share about the book that we didn't get a chance to? Well, I think the book... Um, I mean, I'm... I don't know. I, I don't know what people are going to think, but I wrote the book... Um, because I wanted everything to be in one place. It covers topics from motherhood mm-hmm. to body image, marriage, sexuality, and a, and aging, yeah. which I think is a massive thing in the book as well. You yeah. know, it all happened in my 40s. And I, I hope the message people take away from here is, A, that women get better with age. I agree. Yeah. Oh. And it's not, a, it's not what society tells you yeah. as, a, as a girl. You know, society mm-hmm. tells you your life is over after 30 or 40 or 50 or whenever. Like, your life is basically over. I mean, we're over in the entertainment not, business. Yeah, we if you're not in your 20s. Hilarious. Um, so that's a lie. Fuck your 20s. That's oh a lie. Oh, my God. Uh, and the second thing is just about being yourself, you know, it's about authenticity for me, like just that moment when I thought it's okay, it's mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was brilliant. It's huge. Yeah. Hiding and shame are yeah. the most insidious things and they just, they creep into every part of your yeah. life like a, yeah. like a disease. And and I think, it, like you said, it is scary to take that leap, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and. Like when I have conversations with my mother about ooh, my sexuality, I'm putting out an album with a <laughs> with a very explicit cover. I'm yeah. a comedian, you know. I have I have trans fl- friends. I have this whole open, very right, yeah. liberal lifestyle. That's a little foreign to her. Totally yeah. foreign to her. I think one part it does scare her because she's she's had all these every at every corner when I do something that's out of her comfort zone she has these conditioned responses of this is scary these people are dangerous this is dangerous this is bad and then I'm so much happier the open more open and more honest that I get and I see her being like ooh but do you see this- her kind of um warming up to the idea by saying like by seeing like you're safe the, yeah you're- look, it's my daughter yeah. it's my it's this woman i raised like you know she's not like a like a gross monster right, you right. know what i mean she's this compassionate smart mm-hmm. thoughtful person so isn't that amazing though when people are able to look beyond your labels yeah. and like your and that's amazing. Like what she sees is your compassion. Yeah, but you know? I, I that's not a label. No, I know, but you know? I think that it takes it takes people being open about it. Yeah, and and knowing a person mm-hmm. that you that you love and care about that is open about things. Mm-hmm. I think that's really when people change. Yeah, yeah we're Be- not being deviants. We're helping expand our parents' minds. That's right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um. Tova, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. You're a me. pure delight. Really, true. Where can people find you, follow you, buy your book? So the book is available worldwide. You can get it in stores or order it on Amazon. It's also available as an audio book. And awesome. I'm on Instagram, Tova underscore Lee, and also Facebook, My Thoughts About Stuff. Yes. Wonderful. We uh, we will plug the book in the thank description you. of yes. this episode with a link. Um, if you want more hot mess, yes, you can follow us at Hot Mess Comedy Hour on Instagram. Come on. And if you want even more hot mess, you can access so much bonus content at patreon.com slash hot mess. For $10, you get our entire 200 episode back catalog. Hello. Plus two monthly bonus shows. And we just started a brand new season of our bonus show, Season of the Bitch, and it's going to be lit. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much it. See you next week. It's It's a a comedy comedy podcast. podcast.